<laughs> I love it. If that doesn't make you want to be a drummer, I don't know what could. Like, that is awesome. That is awesome. I grew up uh, as a kid dreaming of playing the drums. I had an uncle that had, he, he, he loved to play. He had a whole room in his house growing up that was uh, just nothing but drums. And it was back in the 80s whenever, like, drums filled the whole room like an old school computer. And we, we, he listened to Petra. Anybody ever heard of Petra before from the 80s? And uh, White Heart and uh, things like that. And uh, thankfully, all that, it's gone. It, that, that music is gone. Uh, sorry about it. Sorry about it. But uh, we, man, I remember, I remember, I remember watching him play, and he was like God. He, I mean, watching him play, and I thought, man, if I could just play the drums, then you know, life would be amazing. We're, we're starting a series today called Rhythm, and we're talking all about the rhythm of our lives, and uh, we're talking about how, how many loves a good rhythm. You know, we just love a good rhythm. How many hates a bad rhythm? <laughs> Ever been around some? You know, church with some bad rhythm. I mean, you ever been a church service before? You're like, if someone, if a sniper could just shoot one of those musicians right now, it would be amazing. Like, because I can't even worship God right now because it's so loud and I, it's, the rhythm is off. And what I've learned is that whenever the rhythm of your life and my life is off, then, then it's, it's, it's not what God, it's, we're not living the life that God intended for us to live. So we're going to start a new series today all about the rhythms of our life. The definition of rhythm is simply this, a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. So a rhythm is something that takes place time and time again. That it's, it's, it's just a repeated pattern. I about called this series, Get Rhythm. For, just because I like Johnny Ca- old Johnny Cash songs. He had an old song, Get Rhythm, when you get the blues. I don't know if you ever heard that song before. But I, think, I thought, you know what, we're not going to call it Get Rhythm I was just joking about that, by the way. But we, I'm not going to call it get rhythm because it's not that you need to get rhythm. You already have a rhythm. So what I want to do in this series is really expose the rhythms that we have and then hopefully replace it with some God rhythms that he had because we all have a rhythm. I don't know if you realize, even if you can't play the drums like Brother Nick was up here uh, playing the drums, you still have rhythm. Uh, your heart has rhythm. Why don't you touch your heart right now? Can you feel it? If not, you're in trouble. We need to pray for you. But your, your, your heart has a rhythm. Your breath has a rhythm. Your lungs are rhythmic. You're, you have a rhythm of, of sleeping. You have, an, you have a rhythm of waking up. You have a rhythm of eating. There's rhythms in your life. So it's not that we need to get a rhythm. It's that God created us with rhythms. Like we're rhythmic people because we were created by a rhythmic God. That, that God created the world with rhythm. You can tell a lot about the creator by the creation that he made. So when you go, and we live in one of the most beautiful parts of the whole country, whenever you go and you look at the vastness of this East Tennessee, uh, mount, the mountainscape and all the things that you see, whenever you see that, it's hard to imagine that that just happened, right? We, we, we watched a sunset over the mountains just uh, a few weeks ago. Kara and I, we went hiking, and we, we were watching the sun go down. And it, it is, it's just, just pure beauty. And it was, even if you're here today and you're an atheist, there has to be something in you that says that just can't just happen. Like there's, there's something to the rhythm of all of this. We were at the beach a few weeks ago, and we were, uh, we were, on, we were on the sand, and, and my five-year-old said, Dad, what is all this sand? Where does all this sand come from? I said, well, you know, I got technical. Well, you, there were these rocks, and the, you have the tides, and every day the tides. And he just looked at me. I mean, he was already off the subject. <laughs> but it reminded me of something that, that, that 
our world has these rhythms. And, and the sands on the seashore used to be a rock that, was, that the rhythm of, that God created our world in, the rhythm of the, it broke it down and made it into the beach that we experience today. And, and, and our world is a result of the rhythms that God instituted. And our world is a result of the rhythms that we institute. That we are a result of our rhythm. That's the big idea for this series, if you're taking notes here this morning. That we are the result of our rhythms. We are the result of our rhythms. What we repeatedly do. And this is such a powerful idea. And if you get nothing out of this uh, message today other than this, I invite you to lean in. Because you're not what someone did to you. You are your rhythm. It's amazing. Have you ever met two people, maybe two brothers, that had the same exact situation happen to them? And one, it caused them to do one thing that was a negative, destructive thing. And someone else, it caused them, it became the fuel to drive them so that no one else would ever experience that type of hardship. What happened? The same thing happened, but there was a rhythm that each one of those brothers got into. And one rhythm was a negative rhythm, and one rhythm was something that led them to make a difference in the world. Your finances are a result of your rhythm. Not your hopes and your dreams. It's a result of the rhythms. Your health is a result of the rhythms. That, 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 that you are what your rhythms, where your rhythms have brought you. Your spiritual life is a result of your rhythms. You could say, I want to be so close to God and I have these dreams and goals and aspirations. But if you don't have a rhythm of that, then it's never going to happen. Like you can, you can run uh, to, toward the west all day, but you'll never see a sunrise. Like, like you, you, can, you can drive on 40 um, you know, west all day. But you will never make it to Asheville. <laughs> you can be praying the whole way. I mean, you could be quoting scriptures the whole way. You can be singing what a beautiful name it is the whole way. But, it, but if you don't get in the right rhythm, if you're not getting in the right direction, then you're not going to be led to the destination that you want to lead to. So, so we have these rhythms. Aristotle said this, that we are what we repeatedly do. I like to say it like this. We create rhythms... We make rhythms, and then our rhythms make us. So, so what, what are our rhythms of our lives? Here's what God tells us in Matthew chapter 11, 28. And I want to invite you to turn there with me in the scripture. When we look at Jesus talking to us about the, about the rhythm of life, just as God, the great engineer, the great designer, the great artist, made our world with rhythm, he created our soul with an ideal rhythm, that we can either be playing the rhythm of God or we can be playing our own rhythm. And here's what Jesus says. I love it. This is from the message paraphrase. It's not a translation of the Bible, but it's a paraphrase of the Bible. And I think it sometimes brings out some fresh things that we uh, may not think, um, we may have not seen or thought about. And I, I love how this is one of my favorite passages from that. And Jesus says this in verse 28. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Why don't you say that with me? Rhythms of grace. One more time. Rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything ill-fitting or heavy on you. 
Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Is that not amazing? That Jesus offers us a way of life that, that, that's a rhythm of grace. A rhythm of life that'll change us. A rhythm of life that's not, it's not heavy. It's not religious. I love that. He said, are you burned out on religion? I, maybe some people in this place, you're burned out on religion. I want to give you some hope today. Jesus didn't come to just give you a religion. He came to give you a relationship. If I could say it anymore, he came to give you a rhythm. He came to give you a relational rhythm that you can walk with him and you can talk with him and he'll talk with you and he'll give you strength for the day and you together will walk together and you'll learn from him and you'll grow in your relationship with him. That, that, that there's a rhythm of life that we can be in and, and there's also a rhythm that, 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 that brings the complete opposite. When we're stressed, when we're worn out, when we're burned out, and maybe that's where you are today, and I dedicate this message to you and to let you know simply this, that it doesn't have to be that way. That, that, that today can be a day of change. Can, today can be a day of breakthrough. That this series is my prayer for the last month as we've been preparing this. My prayer is that this will be a season of breakthrough in our church. That, that whatever it is in your life that you just you cannot seem to break through. Maybe for years you've been trying to bust through a goal. For years you've been trying to get some things right in a certain area of your life. And you just feel like every time you just go back into the same rut. Back into the same rut again. My prayer is that this series, that God will give us a new rhythm. That will give us some breakthroughs in our life. Let's take a journey. In this series, each week we're going to add one rhythm of life. That I believe is a rhythm of grace that Jesus talks about. But before we take the journey, we need three things. And this is in your notes. Here's the first thing. If we're going to take this journey to a new rhythm, we need first of all some hope for the future. We need some hope for the future. I, I don't know what your past has been. I don't know what you're walking through right now. But I want you to know it's not over yet. That no matter what you're facing, it's not too far gone. Whatever that thing you keep hitting up against, you say, my health will never be. I'll just never be able to get this area of my life in check. I want you to know that, that, that God, through a new rhythm, can change your life. You say, well, my spiritual life, I just keep going in a rut. I, just, I go to church for a little bit, and then I just fall away. And I go. This can be a time where God gives you a new rhythm so you can have a breakthrough. That there's hope. This isn't in your notes, but I was reminded this week of, of a time in Jesus' ministry where he went out of his way to reach one lady who was stuck in a bad rhythm. She, she, we call her the woman at the well. She was in a bad relationship rhythm. She had had, she had, had five husbands and was living with man number six whenever Jesus met her. And it's amazing that Jesus came to her in spite of her situation. A lot of times we think we have to get good to get God's attention. I want you to know his full attention's on you right where you are. That you don't have to get good to get God. He's right at the, he's as close as the mention of his name. He's already here. It's no accident that you're at church today. That he's here to let you know you're not too far gone. Because she was with man number six. But Jesus was the seventh man. He was the king of kings. He was the lord of lords. And no matter what pattern of destructive rhythm that you're in the middle of. That Jesus can still break you out and change your life forever. Here's what he said. It's not in your notes, but it's on the screen. He says this, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. That word, I felt that so strong this week. That's for somebody in this place. If you knew. You say, 
You don't know how long I've tried to get a breakthrough in this area of my life. You don't know how long I've tried to to get this relational situation taken care of. I believe God's word would be if you knew. If you knew how good he was. If you knew how much he loved you. If you knew how much our God cared about you and had a great plan for your life. If you just had a little bit of a revelation of how good your God was, then you would, you would ask him for more than what you're asking him for. You would believe, be believing for more than what you have experienced in your life right now. You wouldn't just be believing just to get through the day. You'd be believing for victory. You'd be believing for God to give you strength and God to give you hope because That's the kind of God that he is. Here's what Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So we need some hope for the future. Here's the second thing we need to take this journey of rhythm. We need some repentance from the past. Repentance from the past. In other words, we have a part to play in this. Uh, my, my prayer is that something in your spirit kind of sits up a little bit this series. You just kind of sit up and say, okay, I'm ready. Repentance doesn't mean to cry and you know, roll around the floor. And a lot of times we think, oh, that's what repentance is. It just means I'm sorry. No, repentance does not mean just that you're sorry. Repentance means that you change directions. And a lot of times in my life, I've boo-hooed and cried and and. and, and Maybe wept before God. And it wasn't because I was changing directions. It's just because I got caught. (laughs) Because I didn't want to get hurt. Because I knew I was on the wrong path. My prayer is that something would begin to shift. That something would begin to change. That that we would have a complete change of life. I don't know if you've ever heard the five chapters of life. But it goes something like this. That chapter one of life is this. You walk down the road. I walk down the road. I fell into a hole. It took me a long time to get out. Chapter number two. Walked down the same road, fell into the same hole, and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter number three. I walked down the same road. I got too close to the hole. I fell in again. It took me a long time to get out. Chapter number four. I walked down the road. I saw the pit, I walked around it, and I went on about my way. Chapter number five, I went down another street. (laughs) A lot of times we're content living in chapter four. Well, I've just kind of keep going through the same thing, going through the same thing, and now I see it. Okay, I'm going to walk around it. No, God wants to completely change our rhythm so that we go in a complete different direction. That's what I call a breakthrough. That's a breakthrough. When, when we're, we're continually battling the same thing, and I believe God, through his power, can give us a breakthrough that changes everything about who we are. He, Paul wrote this to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. I, I'm, I'm forgetting the things that are behind me, And I'm straining toward what's ahead of me. And I'm pressing toward the goal to get the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, I've changed some rhythms. I'm I'm letting the past be behind. And I'm letting God make me into a new creature, a new creation in him. Here's the third thing for the journey. We need some formation of some new rhythms. 
formation of new rhythms. Paul writes this. He says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed, watch this, from the inside out. Man, this is completely different than how we many times want to be changed. We just look at the area of breakthrough that we need and we say, well, God, if you'd fix that, then, then, then that would fix the emptiness in my soul. Like, if I could get this area of life fixed, then this area of my life, my heart, will be fixed. But have you ever experienced this? The moment you get one thing fixed, something else messes up. And the moment you get something else fixed, it's like something else messes up. The moment you get one area of your life all taken care of, what, what, we, what we believe here at City Hills is we're, behavior modification is not what we're after. As a church, we're not just trying to get you to change your behavior we're trying, to, we're, we're trying to allow God to change our hearts. We're trying to allow God to change something on the inside of us that lets us know that we don't have to be the same again. That, that, that nothing ever drifts in a healthy direction. That, that we, don't, we understand that there's something that we need to change. There's some rhythms that we can change that will change our life. So, so what are these rhythms? What, what are these things that we need to change? What are the rhythms of life? You ready to, ready to look at rhythm number one? Here's the first one. Is the rhythm of this is focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. Could you say that with me? Focus on what I do first. This is the first rhythm that I want us to look at. What I've learned is what we do first is the most powerful thing about our lives. As a matter of fact, you could probably find out more about me by following me and watching what I do first than you can anything else about who I am. I could follow you around, and if I could watch what you do first, it would show so much about your heart and affection. Because what you focus on first, that's where your attention, that's where your energy is going in your life. Where focus goes, energy flows. The energy of your life is going to go in the direction of your focus. So here's the question, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on your past? Are you focusing on, you know, you just say, I just can't get past my past. Well, what are you, are you focusing on your past? Are you focusing on what someone did to you? Because where your focus goes, your energy is going to flow. That wherever you're focusing, it's so powerful. And, and, and I want to challenge you, focus on what's first. Like this is the, the biggest thing. And, and it, as I was studying this this week, it was, like a, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. There's no wonder why the enemy wants to distract us in the middle of our culture. It's no wonder that my phone constantly wants to distract me from the moment I get in bed and, and from the moment I wake up out of bed to the moment I go back asleep that there's a constant, there's a constant uh, push to try to get me to stop, to hey, take my focus, see what someone else thinks. Isn't it so easy to just check on everybody else, check on everything that's happening in the world around us? Maybe for you it's media, maybe it's social media, maybe you're, you're seeing what everyone else is doing and you're comparing. Um, you know everything you know th- th- you're eating a ham sandwich and they're you know they're having a steak you know the, the steak they're having like the meal of their life and you, you're having like a ramen noodles at home and you're like my life's totally terrible <laughs> are you focusing on others because you focus on other people and you compare yourself constantly with other people you're going to feel what your energy is going to go to your insecurity it's going to go to what you don't have and I've never compared myself with someone and thought, you know, someone that, you know, that's doing better. And I thought, oh, man, God, you're just so good to me. And I'm like, God, can you do something about these ramen noodles? My buddy's over there having a steak. What's happening? You don't love me. 
What is it? Where's our focus going? When we focus on other people, man, we, we put our energy in, 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 in the wrong direction. And here's, here's what I want to challenge us to focus on. Focus on putting God first. Not focus on others first. Not even focusing on yourself first. A lot of times we do that. We focus on ourself, our ability, our health, our, just us. I want to challenge you. This is a habit that changes us from the inside out. It's a habit of priority. And it simply means this. Put God first in your life. And this is one of the simplest messages. But I promise this message will transform your life more than any other message. If you will get it out of your head and get it into your life. If it stays in your head, you're dead. If it's just something that's just another... Me- okay, put God first. That's great. But if we'll start living this out, because you've got to understand, God only works in first place. God, if God's not Lord of all in your life, He's not Lord at all in your life. This is going to be a little, little harsh, but I want to tell you, if God's not first place in your life, He's not in your life. Like, cultural Christianity is a lie. Like, it, it's, it's not... It's not, well, I just, you know, God's just kind of on my list. God cannot be just on your list. Like, if I say, he can't receive second place. I don't know, those of you that were here during our Blessed Life series, Pastor Robert Morris talked to us about simply this. God simply cannot be second place. He's always first. Like, you could give him a bronze or a silver medal, but he literally could not wear it. Why? Because he's the champion. He's first place. He cannot wear that he, what he's not. And when you give God your leftovers, God says you could just keep it because I'm not a leftover kind of God. When you, when, when, but when you give me your first, that's what I deserve. See, Christianity is not about just coming through the motions of going to church or saying, oh, I belong or I dress the part or, man, I come to Next Steps and I'm even on the serve team now. I, I hope you do those things. But, but I want to tell you very clearly, being part of a church does not make you a believer any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile or hanging out in a stable makes you a horse. That, that it's a transformation that changes us. And here's how, here's, here's what, what, what's salvation, what's all the, I'll tell you, it's whenever you start reordering your life and when you put Jesus on top of everything. And you say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. You know, you can take my dreams, you can take my house, you can take my vehicles, you can take my family. God, you are what matters more than anything else in my life. And whatever you want to do, do it. Like my life's in your hands. And guys, that's what changes everything. That's what changed everything in my life. I was a cultural Christian most of my life. I grew up that way. I, I, I grew up sleeping under pews and tying people's shoes together while they were sitting in church just like you. We would tie shoes together and then people get up. I grew up in a church where they just dance and shout and people get up and fall out. They thought they were falling out in the spirit. No, they were falling out because I tied their shoes together. But I knew all about cultural Christianity. But you know what? Jesus was not first in my life. And what I learned, it's real hard to live for God easy. But it's, it, it's easy when you live for God with everything you have. That's what he says. That's unforced rhythms of grace. It changes everything in our life. Put God first in your life. I, I was thinking about this this week. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. This is so awesome. The first line of the first page of the first book of the Bible Simply this, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. If that was the mantra of your life, you'd be set. Like everything, if you just said, okay, God, in the beginning, God. Before I go to work today, in the beginning, God. Before I 
do with, before I walk into this place of business, before I get on the computer, before I check the news, before I go about this endeavor for my business. In the beginning, God. If I put God in the beginning, everything else will work out. If I put God in the beginning, if I put him first, everything else will align in priority. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, this is the Ten Commandments. The first of the Ten Commandments. It says this, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods. Where? First. You can't have any other gods. Where? Before me. In other words, I, I, it's, God doesn't mind you loving something as long as you don't love something more than him. God doesn't mind you loving your family as long as you don't love your family more than him. God doesn't mind you loving your career as long as you don't love that career more than him. God doesn't mind you loving your hopes and dreams as long as you don't put those things above him because he is in first place. Guys, this rhythm will change your life. This rhythm will reprioritize you from the inside out. Whenever we put God first. Here's the second thing. Give God the first of everything. Give God the first of everything. A lot of times when we talk about this in church, it's about money. Maybe you've heard, you're like, okay, this is my money message. I know where this is going. I want to tell you, this, is, this, this idea of giving God first, it does apply to our money, but it's, man, that's not what it's about at all. I, I apologize for the manipulation of a lot of people that are in my uh, field that have manipulated people, probably with, with motives they didn't mean to do that. But... Understand this, giving to God first has so much more to do than just our money. I I saw this in Leviticus 27.30. It says a tithe of everything. A tithe simply means the first 10%. So in the Old Testament, there was this principle called the tithe that you would take 10% of whatever you had and you would give it back to to God in worship. And, And... and through that, the ministry would go forward and, and there would be things that would happen. But, but, but it was, in the Old Testament, it was a tithe of everything. And in the New Testament, it's a principle that I know many people here, they take that to heart and they say, okay, God, we're going to live this out and we're going to tithe to you. And the first 10% of whatever comes into our home, we're giving it back to God because we're recognizing that he's first place. And, and if I didn't have God in my life, then he gives me the breath that I breathe. He gives me the ability to work. That he gives me the favor that I have. Everything that I have is his. And I just want to say thank you. It's not a law anymore. It's love. And, and it's, it's saying it's not just stopping there. It's everything that I have. And in the Old Testament, they would give their firstborn back to God. Like everything was first. It was, it was given back to God. And in and, and Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, talks about tithing. It says, watch this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. In other words, the purpose of tithing is not to build the church. The purpose of tithing is to build your life. Because when you start reprioritizing your life and you start saying, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you know what? I'm going to put you first in my finances. God says, oh, awesome. Watch what I'm going to do through your life when you're open to be a conduit of my blessing. And the benefit of it is it builds the church and it does things for the community and it makes a difference and it spreads the gospel around the world. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is so that it would teach us that God's in first place in every area of our life. And if God's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And I think there's probably an area in all of our lives where we say, God, I need to give you control of that again. Whatever that area is. 
I want to give you the first of everything in my life. That's why as a church we do something called 21 Days of Prayer. Um, we, my uh, wife and I moved here uh, um, about two and a half years ago from Orlando, Florida with nothing but a dream that the, felt like the Lord had called us here to plant a church uh, that was supposed to be from the city to the hills to impact our whole region for all people. And, um, and, and I felt like we weren't just the only church here, but one of the reasons we pray for other churches is I really felt like the Lord says, I'm going to send a revival in this region, this city that's so much bigger than just one church, and you get a chance to be a part of it. So when we came here, it was just a dream that we didn't know anybody here. Um, we, didn't have, we, didn't, we didn't have anybody. We didn't have anybody move with us. It was just our family. And, and uh, we started putting a launch team together. And the best time of, uh, to ever plan a church is always in January or August because that's when, you know, what you'll find is people start coming back to church here in the next few weeks because their kids are going back to school and vacations are, you know, are ending and all those kind of things. And, and the time to plan a church is, is, is when, right there when it's hot. And but one of the things that, um, we, one of the things that we decided is that we were going to plant the church in September instead of, instead of August so that the month of August we could dedicate to prayer and fasting to God. And we wanted to say as a church, before we try to do our church thing, God, we want you to do your God thing. And if you, we, can, we can put on a show and build a crowd, but only you can change a heart and build a church. And so we... Um, just a small group of people. We met in the mornings before we would go to work. We met in the mornings at, a, at our church office um, that we had at the time. And, and we, we, would, we would seek God together. And, uh, and, and we prayed for 21 days in the mornings. And just asked God to bless this endeavor that was taking place. Not knowing what God was going to do. And, 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 and God began to bless the rest. And then that coming January, we said, okay, we, we, if we're going to do this thing, giving God, we got to give God the first of our year. So in January, we did a time of prayer and fasting. And we said, God, it left you build this house. And, the church, and, and you know what happened? The church began to grow. And God began to add people to the church. And, and, then, and then we, we, we were outgrowing. Our, the school situation there and, and we had the opportunity to come here and before we had our first service in this building last August we came here and for 21 days in the morning there was dust all over this place we were still renovating these chairs had plastic all over them and, but, but for 21 days we didn't even have a sound system that was working right but we came here and, and I'll never forget that first day of 21 days of prayer a year ago because that first morning I'll never forget this whole place was filled with people and uh at that time, I thought, okay, God, this church is going to make it. Because I thought, if we as a body can get our mind and focus around, this thing's not built on some show on a Sunday morning. This thing's built on prayer. I thought, oh, God, if you'll give us strength to, to be a body of people, not built on the talents of the few, but, but we built on this people seeking God with everything that they had, then there will always be more buildings to fill if we'll seek God because his power will be operating in our lives and, and, and we'll be seeking. Like when we put God in priority, everything else begins to work. And what happened after that 21 days of prayer, God kept building his church. And then this past January, we came back to this place for 21 days. You know what happened at the end of that? God kept building his church. And if, if anybody asks me why is City Hills growing and what's God doing, I'll say it's simply this, because God is building his church and his people are getting on their knees and praying before Almighty God. Church, if we can build our life, if we can build a church on prayer, we can build our lives on prayer, on seeking after God. So I invite you to be part of 21 Days of Prayer 
And, 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 and maybe for you, it's you need to do some fasting too. Um, we're not doing it corporately, but maybe it's time you need to turn off some of those distractions in your life. Maybe you need to delete Facebook for a few weeks. Or you're like, no, I'll fast every food in the world without doing that. You know, don't mess with my Facebook. <laughs> Whatever it is that's your struggle, why don't you, let's seek God. It starts next Sunday. And what we do Monday through Friday, we meet here at 6 a.m. We have music, we have speaking. It's a powerful, powerful time of prayer. And we do that from Monday through Friday, and then on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And we're going to do that. And then the very last Saturday, we're going to have just an all-out, everybody in together. Um, I, I, come, it's going to be a one-of-a-kind experience. We're going to feed everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but it's... We're doing this to seek God together. And if you call City Hills home, this is an all call for us. And my, I ask you to be a part. Because this, this church, is, is gonna, by God's grace, we're going to build it on prayer. We're going to build it on seeking God. And so what we do, if you're not able to be here in the mornings at 6, we'll stream it online uh, on, um, on the cityhills.com and then also on our church website. And, uh, and maybe it doesn't work at all for your, maybe you don't have internet or whatever. Um, just be in the spirit of prayer. Next Sunday, you'll get a prayer book that'll have all of the different focuses that we're going to be praying for for 21 days. It's going to be an experience. And my, I pray that this Sunday that you would commit and you would say, okay, I'm going to be part of this. Maybe this is your first Sunday here. You can still be a part of this with us because we can seek God together. This Wednesday night, we're having our first Wednesday service here at 7 p.m. I'm going to be teaching all about prayer and fasting. And you don't want to miss that. If you want more information about how to pray and, and those type of things, we're going to talk all about prayer and fasting. Guys, because only God can build his church. Amen? Only God can build our lives. Only God can change a heart and a life. So I want to, I want to just walk through the rest of this. Here's, here's what we do. We give God, first of all, the first of my month. I give God the first of my month. That has to do with scheduling and budgeting. If I could encourage you in anything, don't give God the leftovers of your time. And don't give God the leftovers of your money. Because what you'll find, you're never going to have much left in either one of those areas. But if you'll give God the first of your time and the first of your money, he'll bless the rest. So here's the second thing. So give God the first of my month. So sit down with your family, powerful practice. Sit down, talk about what are we doing this month? What's the plans? We're not letting the month rule us. We're ruling the month and we're putting God first. Where's our finances going? We're going to put God first. Here's the second thing. We give God the first of my week. First of my week. I commend you guys for, for doing what you do to be here at church today. You, you're amazing. In the middle of the summer, you're, you're here at church seeking God. And, and, and what would it look like? Maybe uh, this is not a normal practice for you. What would your life look like a year from now if every, every time you were physically able to be here at church, you were here, you're worshiping God? I don't know about you, but I, I need this. I need church. And I'll say, I don't, need church. I don't come to church because I'm strong. I come to church because I'm weak. I come because I need God. I go to church on vacation, everybody. And I'm not saying you have to do the same thing. But you know what? I go, I find somewhere to go to church on, whenever, because every seven days, I need God. Like, I need to stand somewhere. I need to lift my hands and say, God, my whole life is centered on you. It doesn't matter where my location is. I have to declare, God, you are the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my family. You're the Lord of everything in my life. And I'm going to put you first in my life. It's not about just coming and getting a song and a sermon. It's about declaring you're the first of my life. So, so I like to say this. It's worship and rest. So don't just come and, and, and go and just have the craziest day the rest of the day. Now here's, here's, here's some great advice. Eat a good meal with your family and friends today. Go take an amazing nap. In the name of Jesus, take a nap. And get, 
spend your day resting with your family because here's what I know. If you give God, God can do more with six days with his blessing on your life than seven days of you doing and working and striving all in your own power. Amen? So, so rest, relax, enjoy, smile. Take, don't, don't check your email for a few hours. Just, just spend time with what God's blessed you with and join around a table, hold hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for the blessings that you've given me. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And here's the third thing, musicians, you could come. Give God the first of my day. This will change everything in our lives. This is probably the most practical thing I'll tell you all day. What do you do first? What did you do the first thing when you woke up this morning? That's, that's powerful in your life. What's your rhythm? Is the first thing you do, do you turn on the news? First thing? Do you get the newspaper first thing? Do you check Facebook first thing or Instagram first thing? See what everybody else is doing? Because this is powerful. Probably... The results of your life right now, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, are probably a huge result of the first thing you did this morning when you woke up. You want to change the rest of that? Put God first. <laughs> Let the first thought that comes out of your mind before you get out of bed say, thank you, Jesus. Before you put your feet on the ground, why don't you roll out of bed and get on your knees? Say, God, I give this day to you today. Give me strength today. Open his word. Spend five minutes reading the word. Instead of listening to the news, why don't you turn on a song like we sang earlier. What a beautiful name it is. I promise you, you'll have a lot more peace if you're worshiping God walking into your day than just being bombarded by all of the distractions of the day. It's a new rhythm, but guys, it'll change our lives. And this is something I have to work on as well. I mean, I have to work on making sure God's that first priority got to take some notifications off and say, okay, God, this time is yours. Nobody can take it away. There's Sometimes people will say, can I meet with you? And I'll say, I got an appointment. And I do. I put it on my calendar, time with God. And that time is the most important time of my day. And I'm not going to give it to anybody else because he's the priority relationship in my life. More important than my work, more important than my family, God is the first place. And it's amazing. Here's the last thing. As you put God first... You can expect God to bless the rest. It feels like, oh, why would I do that? I'm, I'm, I'm spending less time working or thinking. Why would I? What you watch, as you put God in the first, he starts blessing your family and your health and your career and your emotions. And everything else changes whenever you begin to put God first in your life. So my question for you today, is he first? Where's Jesus at? Because that's what changes everything. Why don't we stand?